If you have a Bible with you today, I want to invite you to find and open to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, all right? Uh, That is the second book of the Bible, so it's a little bit easier to find. Maybe you're like, yay, I don't have to try and dig through the whole Bible. But I'm going to do something a little different today. Exodus 3, once you find it, put a bookmark, put your little string from your Bible or your finger, and then flip over and also find Mark chapter 9. All right, we don't normally do this, but I have two that I'm going to read this morning, uh, and I'm, I'm excited for both of these as we kind of bring them together. So, uh, yeah, if you have been here the last few weeks, I actually have not spoken the last two weeks. I was on vacation, all right? Our family went to an amazing tropical paradise called Alexandria, Minnesota, all right? So be jealous. I know you're, you're all like, oh, did you get a tan? Have you gone somewhere? Yes, thanks for noticing. No. Not at all. Uh, but Alexandria, it was amazing, just great time of relaxing. And then the following week, we were in Vegas. Uh, but I am, I'm excited to be back. And during that time, we started a new series that we are calling Growing in Christ. All right? On the graphic, you see these little squiggle uh, handwritten line, words above it saying, One more. And what that's all about is that's like our church's one-line little mission statement. One more, Growing in Christ. All right, that, that's what we're all about. One more person growing in Christ. Not just one more person, but growing in Christ. And that's a massive thing, like all of us growing in Christ. That is something that we need to do. Uh, that is something that is constantly part of our life. All right, we want to see everyone growing. Now, that doesn't matter if you came to church for the first time today or you've been here for 40 years. Growing in Christ is something that we all need to be doing. All right, during our last series, we talked through this big vision of like all these things that we feel God calling our church to. And what we said in that was this, we can't accomplish this with where we are. I need to grow. You need to grow spiritually. Our church needs to grow spiritually. Like we can't do this where we are now. So we thought, what better time to then jump in and talk about, okay, what does it mean to grow in Christ? All right, so the picture that we have is this idea of a tree. And when we think of a tree growing, we often think of what we can see, right, above ground. And that's important, all right, but in order for a tree to grow in ways that we can see, it must first be growing in its roots. If a tree grows too tall without growing deep, it will fall over. Winds will come and it is going to topple. All right, as Christians, we are called to grow, to bear fruit, to have visible action in our life that shows growth. But that can't happen if we aren't first growing deep into our relationship with Jesus. All right? And we've come up with a list of half a dozen ways that we think people grow most commonly. All right? This is not an exhaustive list. This is not every single thing out there. Uh, But this is a list that we've come up with. And they all start with the letter P. Not because that's spiritual or biblical. Because it helps us remember it. All right? So we just like doing things like that. All right? So here's, here's some of the most common ways that we see people growing. We have private disciplines like prayer, Bible reading, devotions, fasting, personal ministry, right? The things that we are called to do, reaching out, serving, uh, pivotal circumstances. That's difficult situations, losing a job or a loved one, major changes in your life. We see people grow spiritually during those difficult times. Providential relationships, Pastor Aaron talked about this, relationships that we have with other believers. Practical teaching, Pastor Corey talked about this last week. And then today, what we are talking about, powerful moments. Powerful moments. All right, so let's jump into our passages for today. Uh, Can you stand with me across this place? Uh, And as we do this, 
let's just realize that we have an opportunity today, uh, you and I both, to hear from God, to be changed. So let's just kind of make sure our attitude is in that spot where we are expecting it, we are ready for it. All right, like I said, I'm going to read two different passages back to back, and then we will look at both of these at different times today. So Exodus 3, starting in verse number 1. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. They said, do not come near, take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. All right, we're going to flip over to Mark chapter 9. This is going to be right at the beginning, starting in verse number 2. This is what's called the transfiguration, is what's often labeled. All right, so verse number 2, Mark 9. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could ever make them. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter explained, Rabbi, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't really know what else to say, for they were all terrified. God, we pray that uh, these passages, Lord, would just be highlighted in new ways for us. God, we pray that you would just speak to us even right now. God, your words would just pierce our hearts. Jesus, we ask this in your name. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. The way that I want to approach this morning is going to be a little different uh, from how I normally do. All right? Uh, something that journalists often do, you've probably heard this, is they ask five W's and one H. All right? So it's just who, what, when, where, why, how. All right? I said that fast. It doesn't matter. Okay? That's, all right, and, and I've heard... Uh, some other people more in the business world. I listen to podcasts, different things in books where they talk about kind of strategy and they narrow it down a little bit more to why, what, how. Kind of this idea that, that you need to be able to answer those questions. That that's important. And what I want to do this morning is approach our topic of powerful moments through some basic questions. All right? So what, why, and how. What do we mean by powerful moments? Why should they matter to me? And how do I have powerful moments in my life? All right, so if you're a note taker, uh, basically you're just going to have those three questions. All right, we're going to put one on a screen at a time, and then you can kind of fill in the answer as you feel like it's being answered for you, okay? So first off, what do we mean by powerful moments? We said we feel like people grow spiritually through powerful moments. A powerful moment, this is my definition here. A moment with God that has a long-lasting impact on your life. So a moment where something happens between you and God, and you probably are impacted right then and there, but it goes beyond that. It lasts longer than that. It might be something that later on in life you're looking back on. 
All right, so it could be a single moment, like just a few seconds where God speaks to us or puts something on our heart. All right, it could be an experience where we, uh, maybe we've been praying and worshiping for 10, 20, 30 minutes and God is speaking to us. All right, it could be a weekend retreat where we go and God is working in our hearts. It could be a week-long missions trip where we are absolutely wrecked. All right, now, if you caught this, uh, you can probably tell from my examples that a moment doesn't necessarily have a time frame on it. All right, a moment is kind of defined by you in that moment of how long this is. All right, and I want to list off some powerful moments that we see in Scripture, uh, and I'm not going to go into great detail on these. All right, so if you've been around the church, maybe you've heard these before. Uh, but Abraham, Abraham has a powerful moment with God when God makes a covenant with him that he's going to bless the world through his family. Jacob has a powerful moment through a dream uh, that kind of be, becomes referred to as his Bethel moment. Bethel is where he was when this happened. All right, Moses has some powerful moments. The burning bush that we read earlier, uh, another one on Mount Sinai, and really many others. Elijah has powerful moments with God on the mountain. Uh, he has powerful moments with an, at, at an altar uh, later, as he passes the mantle of prophet from Elijah to Elisha, it's this powerful moment that happens. Jesus had many powerful moments. His baptism, his fast in the wilderness, his private times of prayer, the moment of transfiguration that we are reading. Peter has powerful moments. Paul has a powerful moment on the road to Damascus with Jesus. All right, I listed those off fast. All right, the Bible is just full of powerful moments, really is what it comes down to. I where people have an experience with God and, and it changes them. Now these moments, they impacted the people right then and there, but it also had an impact over the years. All right, we read the transfiguration at the beginning here. Peter is up on the mountain. He sees this, this thing happen with Jesus. Moses and Elijah, who are not alive anymore, are all of a sudden there with him. Uh, and I want to read something that Peter says later in one of his letters. All right, so this is 2 Peter chapter 1. He says, For we are not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. This is, he's talking about this transfiguration. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him in the, on the holy mountain. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. All right, that powerful moment was part of what gave him confidence for the rest of his life that Jesus was who he said he was, that Jesus was the Messiah, because he had that powerful moment with God. All right, Peter's rooftop experience that happens in the book of Acts, he's up there praying, and all of a sudden God gives him a vision. And this experience, this powerful moment, changes the way that Peter does ministry from there on out. And not just Peter, but really the entire early church. God basically is saying, like, this isn't just for the Jewish people. This is for Gentiles. This is for everyone. And it changed everything. That's what we mean with powerful moments. Things that have a lasting impact on us. All right, And not just these big things. It can be moments where God just begins to, to speak to your heart. Right, I think far too often we look for big, powerful moments and we miss the powerful moments that are in our everyday life. All right? So that's the what. Why should I care about having powerful moments with God? 
What if I feel like I grow through some of those other things that you listed? There's a whole list of ways to grow. Right? Like, do I really have to have powerful moments to be a Christian? Well, you, you definitely don't need to have powerful moments to be a Christian. And you don't necessarily need them to grow. But I do think that they help create monumental moments in our lives. And they can help shift our focus in a bigger way if we've maybe gotten off track. And they are anchors in our faith when things get hard. All right, you are guaranteed to have difficult times. It's one of the few promises in the Bible that is still applicable to us today. You will have trouble. Don't you love that? Aren't you like, yay, that's the promise I love to claim when I wake up in the morning. Right, like, but we, we will have trouble. There will be incredibly hard moments. And for me, what I've found is in those difficult moments, you know, your, your, your life is kind of going on and you have this massive valley that happens. In those difficult moments, what has really helped me is when I can look back on kind of these mountaintop moments that I've had. And they, in a way, almost, I don't want to say offset, like the, the, the hard moment isn't hard, but I can look back and I know that God is with me. I know that God is moving in my life. Because how many of you know that in the middle of a difficult time, it doesn't feel like God is moving in your life? That's not the time to have a crisis of faith and say, God, where are you? Like, but that's when it happens. It's when it happens, almost always. So what we need to do is, in those moments, if we can look back on these times where we say, I know that God was with me. I know that God has been moving in my life. I know that God is real, that he loves me, that he cares about me. It allows us to make it through those difficult times a lot easier. A moment in the Christmas story that I love. Jesus has been born, all sorts of chaos and craziness is going on. The shepherds have had their little thing in the field. The angel shows up. They go to Mary and they're, they're walking in saying, we want to meet Jesus. And like, Can you imagine being a, a mom, newborn kid, all these weird guys show up and they're like, hey, we want to hold your baby. And you're like, oh, I don't know about this. But you just have all this chaos going on, all right, in, in the Christmas story. And the, the shepherds finish up their time there. They're telling everybody about it. They're leaving and they're, they're sharing everything that's happened. And there's this amazing line and it says, Mary kept these things in her heart and thought about them often. It's a line that gets missed in the Christmas story. Mary kept these things, kept this powerful moment in her heart, and she thought about it often. And I can't say this with absolute confidence, but you know what? As a parent, like, I'm pretty sure that when she was watching her baby boy being crucified and tortured and murdered, that as she's watching this happen, she is looking back and thinking back on these powerful moments. Because that's what you have to do. These powerful moments, like they matter. Does every Christian have to do this? Is this a requirement? No, but I just want to say, like, these are things that matter in our life. Powerful moments change us right there in the moment. They give us direction. They change our heart and focus Sometimes they remind us of who God is and how powerful he is and how he sees us. It reminds us of our humanity and his divinity, his sovereignty. And that's important for us to have. But it also changes the future as we look back on them. They can be a guiding beacon for us. So maybe you're thinking about this and you don't think you've ever had a powerful moment before. 
or it happens, but they're super rare. Like, I want to talk about that. First, understand that powerful moments, they don't just happen with super spiritual people. Maybe you're like, this isn't going to happen in my life. Because maybe this is my first time in church in years. Like, why would I have a powerful moment with God? It doesn't matter where you're at spiritually. All right, and I'm going to show you some biblical things to back that up. All right, so Moses, when he had the burning bush experience with God, he most likely didn't know God, like at all. I've never read this story that way, but as I was digging into this, well, one of the commentaries, they, they said this line, Moses, like the entire generation of the Israelites, had lost all knowledge of God. Like, think about this. They were in Egypt for 400 years. Egypt had its own gods. Moses was raised in the palace. All right, he would have been raised with the Egyptian gods. There isn't any mention of God in Moses' story until the burning bush. And in the passage of the burning bush, Moses actually asked God who he is. Like God has to say, this is who I am. All right? A few noteworthy things from our passages that we read earlier. Like, you don't have to have a perfect relationship with God to have a powerful moment. Moses didn't really have any relationship. Paul, or Saul at the time, he was on his way to go find, arrest, and probably kill a bunch of Christians. And he had a powerful moment. Alright, so if you came here this morning to find, arrest, and try and kill Christians, like, you still can have a powerful moment with God. I hope you didn't. But if you did, like, that, that's what this is saying. Like, it, you don't, this is not reserved for pastors and leaders and people who spend three hours a day praying. Like, you can have powerful moments with God. And Moses has this powerful moment, and, and here's another thing to take away from this. Uh, some, of, some of the different people have thoughts about uh, what was happening with Moses here. And there are commentaries that are modern-day commentaries where people that are much smarter than me are, read, are writing about, like, what is going on here. There's also things called Midrash, and they are basically old Jewish commentaries of the Old Testament. All right, and they would be dated back as far as, like, the 2nd century A.D., and the knowledge in them goes even further back. One of them kind of says this. Uh, they have different thoughts about Moses and the burning bush. But they say uh, the bush had been burning for a while, what made Moses special is that he noticed it and came closer. I think I often think of it like igniting in fire. And he's like, whoa, look at that. What they're saying is like the bush had been burning. He just slowed down enough to actually notice it. And then once he noticed it, he took steps closer. All right, it wasn't because he was this powerful spiritual figure that he got chosen. It's because he noticed what was going on and he pressed in further. And it wasn't until Moses began to press in closer that God actually began to speak to him. All right, another thing to take from our passage in Mark. When these powerful moments happen, you don't necessarily have to know right away what it means or what to do next. All right, that's okay to be a little confused. Peter sees this incredible thing happening and he blurts out, this is amazing. How about we make like three shelter memorials for you guys? And I love what Mark says in this. He says, Peter said this because he didn't know what else to say. And if you've read through some of the Gospels, what you know about Peter is not saying something isn't an option. <laughs> like, he's just always talking, always saying something, always taking the foot, putting it in the mouth. All right, like, this is Peter, and I love Peter for it. Like, I relate to him because of that. 
And he's just like standing there like, I don't know what to do. How about this? And I love that. But you don't have to know what that powerful moment means. You can just actually stop and just be in God's presence. God will clarify it for you. Maybe as a result of this moment, you're going to go and fast. And God's going to bring clarity to what it is that he's wanting to do in your life. So powerful moments are times where we experience God and it changes us. Not just in that moment, but in the future. And these can spur us towards new spiritual growth. They can give us direction. They can help us through really difficult times in the future. And you don't have to be this amazing spiritual person to have them. And you don't even have to know what they mean in that moment. So how can I experience powerful moments with God? Well, there definitely isn't a formula. We can't create powerful moments. There is nothing about God where if we do this, he has to do this. We don't have that authority in our life to create powerful moments. All right? What actually is happening is God is moving in our life and all around us. Powerful moments are happening. The question is, are we noticing them? And if we notice these powerful moments, are we slowing down? Are we stopping and pressing in further? Or are we so busy that we just kind of run by them? I think something that happens a lot is that powerful moments happen, but in order to press in closer to God in that moment, it would require us stepping outside of our comfort zone. And far too often, our comfort zone is what holds us back. And then we want to sit there and say, God, where are you? Why aren't you moving in my life? Why haven't you answered this prayer? Why hasn't this gone on? Why, why don't I see you like other people see you? But by the way, God, I'm going to stand right in this little square here. Don't ask me to go to that square. That's too much. Right? Like, we, we need to be willing to kind of step out. So I think this starts with us just being open to God. Most of us would say that we're open to God, but are we actually open to hearing him speak, to challenge the way that we are currently living? Like if God this morning said, hey, you are not living the way you should. This area of your life needs to change. How many of us would then say, I'm not pressing into that any further. I don't want to hear anything more that has to be said. Because it's easier to just walk away and keep living the life that we're living. We have to be open to hearing from him in these moments. I think we put church in this box of showing up, singing some songs, listening to a message, and we try really hard here at our church. This is something that we talk about often as a staff. We try to say, how can someone experience God at every moment in the service? Like as dumb as it is, we will be like, how can someone experience God during announcements? Right? Like, we, we don't want to make this be something where it's like, there's a 10-minute window for you to experience God. Everything else, uh, you just got to sit through it and bear with it. Like, we want you at any moment to be able to experience God. And we don't always do the best job at that, but, but we try, because this is important. All right, we want you to experience God, because what we do doesn't matter. Like, it is so small compared to what God can do. I would rather that you hear from God for 10 seconds than listen to me for an hour. 
Because you have a greater opportunity and possibility of being changed in those 10 seconds than an hour of listening to me Babylon. So my hope is, is that any time that I'm speaking, my prayer before I ever come up here is, God, not my words, just your words. Like, I, I, if I'm saying this, I hope someone is maybe way off in right field and God's speaking to them about this. Like, I, I know that we might have a topic for that day, but maybe God is wanting to speak something completely different to you. Are you open to hearing that? Powerful moments are not between you and me. They're between you and God. But we have to be open to them. And I think beyond just being open, we almost have to expect them. Not that we're forcing God to speak, but we know that he wants to. God desperately wants to be in relationship with us daily. He wants to be in community with you. He wants to hear from you, and he wants to speak to you. All right, it would be weird if I got up, woke up in the morning, got ready for the day, went through the whole day, ate meals, came home, got ready for bed, went to sleep, and my wife Emily and I just didn't say a word to each other. And not because she was gone or I was gone. Like, we both were there all day. Could you imagine this? Like, think about that. Somebody, maybe, maybe you have someone that lives in, in your house with you. You just go the entire day without saying a single word. That would be weird. I wake up expecting to talk to Emily. In the same way, I wake up expecting to hear from God. I need to. Every time I open my Bible, I expect that God is going to speak to me. Every time I pray, every time I come to church, I expect to hear from God. Not in a selfish way, but because I know God is talking. All right? Something you'll hear us say at church a lot is that you have an opportunity this morning. We don't say, God's here, it's powerful, it's going to be amazing for you. Because the reality is that might not be the case. Because it's not up to us. It's up to you. We say you have an opportunity to experience God because you can say yes and you can say no to what God wants to do in your life. And sometimes we aren't verbally saying no, but our actions are doing that. All right? Like, if we're constantly looking at our watch and being like, when is this going to finish up? Like, we are saying no in that moment to God speaking to us. All right? If we are constantly thinking about this afternoon and what we have to do, we are saying no. When we are critiquing things in our mind, like, I don't like that song. The lighting is weird. That person on the other side of the room is annoying. I don't like them. That kid is too loud. Like, when those thoughts are going through our head, in that moment, what we're doing is we're shutting down and we're no longer allowing God to speak to us because we're focusing on different things. We're taking our focus off of God and putting it on something else. And that might sound extreme or harsh, and I don't mean for it to, but whether we press in closer to God and focus on him, that's a choice that every one of us had this morning and you have right now. There are also other things that we can do to create better opportunities for us to press into God or we can remove distractions. During worship time, go after God. Give it all that you have. Don't be embarrassed. Move beyond your comfort zone. Maybe you need to close your eyes to get rid of distractions. Maybe you want to raise your hands, sing out loud enough to, to drown out everybody else in the room. All right? 
During the message, start taking notes. Bring a notebook or a journal. Write stuff down. It brings your mind in more on what is happening and allows God to speak to you. All right, you can go back later on in the week and see what was maybe happening during that time. Be part of a life group where you can really ask questions, wrestle with some things, create times to focus on God's kingdom and not our kingdom. I think when retreats come around, sign up. Men's advance, you know, things like that. Like, get away. Shut off your phone. Focus in more. Carve out those times intentionally for God to speak to you. Mission trips are an amazing time to hear from God. On this last trip, we had someone with us who was in her late 70s that came on the trip. And one night, her and I were sitting there talking, and she said, I've always wanted to know what my purpose was in life. You know, she's late 70s, and she's like, I don't feel like I ever really figured it out. And during that trip, she just began to hear from God. And she sat down with me on the last night, and she said, I think I've figured this out. I think I've finally heard from God. And as crazy as it is, she, like, she contacted a few of the special ops teams that are there and said, hey, you said you have intel people all over the country that look things up and do things remotely. Do you think I could be one of those intel people? And they started talking with her, and she's, she's brilliant. You know, she's like, I got to learn a little bit of the technology side, but I would love to do this. And so often going into ministry, what's one of the biggest problems that people have of like changing their life going into ministry? It's, it's money. <laughs> Like, if, if someone's like, oh, I don't want to leave this job and go into this. And she's sitting there, she's saying, I'm retired. It's not about the money. Like, that doesn't matter. I have time. I have loads of time. And it was so cool to hear her heart that on this trip, something that she's wanted to hear from God for 70, well, about 10 years, actually, because that's really when she kind of started walking with, with God. And now she's hearing it, and it's amazing. James 4 tells us to draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Like, we, we need to take those steps. We need to push in and allow God to speak to us. All right? Every day is a new opportunity. Our problem is that we ignore those opportunities. All right, if we walk in, we put our hands in our pockets, we don't engage with people, we don't engage in worship, we don't engage in the message, we put our head down and we walk out, it's going to be really hard to have any powerful moments with God. All right. And powerful moments aren't the end all be all. All right, we don't jump from one moment to the next to the next. But they start something inside of us that grow into something so much bigger. Everything starts in a moment. Every tragedy begins in a moment. Every spiritual battle begins in a moment. But every spiritual breakthrough and every season of growth begins in a moment. Like moments matter. All right, let's stand across this place, if you would, with me as we just close. And we have, you know, we listed off these six different ways that maybe people grow. And maybe you grow more in some of these ways than others. But I really think that powerful moments need to be part of our lives. All right, I think they do. I think oftentimes they maybe scare us. But I just think they do. They need to be part of our life. So I want to ask you some questions. And I want us just to take, we're going to take two, three minutes. And maybe right now is when you're going to have a powerful moment with God. 
Maybe God's already been speaking to you this morning and you can look back on this and say, yep, this morning was one of those times. God spoke something to me. Something has changed. Something that I'm going to look back on a week from now and say that, that moment was important. Have you allowed the presence of God to become mundane in your life? You know, this is more of the, the churchy people. Have you walked through the doors too many times where it's just the same thing? Check in a box. Does God have your attention in life? God didn't speak to Moses until he had his attention. Does he have your attention? Are you willing to be vulnerable? To go out of your comfort zone? Maybe that means responding in worship in a, in a way that you normally wouldn't. All right, like raising your hands. I know for some people it's like, I don't know what's going on here. Let me real quickly give you two things that I've heard behind that. All right, they're both just symbolic. One is this, like when you go like this, it's kind of a, a sign of surrender. Like if someone walks into a bank, pull out a gun, put your hands up, right? It's like, okay, I, I'm not going to do anything. I surrender. I give up. You know, sometimes we just need that moment with God. Like, God, I, I surrender. I surrender my will. I surrender my agenda. The other one I've heard is little kids as they begin to get mobile and crawl around. Last night I was at a birthday party. 10-month-year-old boy crawls over, kind of grabs my leg, looks up at me, and then what does he do with his hands? Because he wants up. He wants to be with me. He wanted to sit on my lap. All the other kids were scared of me. I don't know what was with this kid. He sat there and he, he was very interested in my mustache. But he, he wanted to spend time with me. Like that's, and in those moments, there's times where I'm just, I'm spending time worshiping God. And I'm just saying, God, I, I just want more of you. I, I just want to be in your presence. I just want to spend time with you. All right, there, there's nothing like amazing and, and super spiritual about raising your hands. But sometimes we just need to do that. Sometimes we need to change the physical posture of our body. Maybe your heart's already going there saying, God, I want more of you. Maybe you walk through the doors and you're like, I'm not having this today. I don't want to be part of this. All right, I've done this before. And I just get down on my knees and my attitude is completely wrong. I want nothing to do with God in that moment. And I say, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to get down on my knees. And pretty soon, I just find my heart changing, my attitude changing. There is something about sometimes our physical posture precedes the posture of our heart. And there are times where our heart doesn't have the right posture, the right attitude, whatever you want to call it, and we need to do something to change that. So I want to challenge you. During worship time, go outside your comfort zone. When the people that we love do something for us, it means a lot. When they do something that we know they don't like to do, it means a lot more. And I think that we can do that sometimes for God, saying, God, I, I, I'm not really into this. And God's like, I love that you're willing to do that. Will you worship me? Don't let your comfort zone bridle your worship. Don't let your comfort zone 
bridle your gratitude and your praise and your thankfulness. So I want to do this. I want to let Tears just going to sing a little bit. We're just going to take a moment here. And I want us just to press in just two minutes after God. And then I'll close this out in prayer. Here's what my desire for us today is. I want us to go after God with everything that we have. Every opportunity that we have. I want us to intentionally give ourselves more opportunities to have powerful moments than what would just naturally happen in our life. That means intentionally putting times in our life where this can happen. More than just showing up on a Sunday. And I don't want us to be held back by what others think or what we feel comfortable doing. All right, that, that's my desire for us, is to go after God, to have these moments. So what does that look like for you? What does that mean? Is there something that needs to change in your life? Is there something that's blocking you from having these moments? You just not have enough opportunities. Maybe as you spend time in these places where you feel like this is where these moments should happen, maybe you need to let your walls down a little bit more. Be a little more open to God speaking to you. Be a little more open to going outside your comfort zone. How many of us would say that your desire is to have more powerful moments with God in your life. That that's something that you need in your life. I think it's something we just need to wake up with that reality that God, I, I, want, I want to have these moments with you. Could you imagine any marriage relationship like that that just never has those fun, romantic, powerful moments. Like, it just, what happens over time? It feels like it's dead. And that same thing happens with our relationship with God. When we don't have moments like this, after a while, it just becomes habit. It just becomes something that we do. God, I pray, Lord, that every single one of us, Lord, that we wouldn't be held back by our comfort zone, that we wouldn't we wouldn't say, God, this is the only way you can move in my life, but instead that we would be open. And then when we have these opportunities, that we would press in further. God, I pray that we'd be changed because of it. God, that when we go through difficult seasons, that we'd be able to look back on these, that we would know that you haven't forsaken us, you haven't left us, you haven't forgotten about us, that you love us, that you're there with us even when it feels like you're not around. God, that we wouldn't live our life based on feelings. God, that these would be moments that actually change us and solidify things in our life. Jesus, we just ask that in your name.